Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we will be learning Daf Mem Aleph in Maseches Psachim. But we begin with the Mishnah on Mem Amud Beis. First Mishnah of 2021. Here we go. Says the Mishnah, Ah, so we talked about uh, Pesach, Matzah. We talked about more, and now we're talking about Charoses. Not really. This is a different Charoses. This is, as Rashi explains, it's a meat dip. It's not the Charoses that you and I know. We will get, get in fact, into that Minhag later in the Masechta. What's the point here? What we've been discussing before, the idea of putting flour to things and having the right the possibility of it becoming chametz. That's all. So charoses, because it's some sort of meat dip, because it has a liquid component, when you're going to put flour with it, you have the possibility that you're going to that's going to be machmitz, and that's why we don't put the flour into said dip. Um, Rashi calls it igros. Does sound gross indeed. The one thing to know is that it has vinegar in it, which will become relevant. Okay, so that's what that's what Rashi is saying that it has vinegar in it, and people typically put. Um, put flour in it, and so when you get that, when you get that Pesach version charosas in the stores, it's not as appealing because it does not have the flour in it. Okay, Ola socha chardel, you don't put flour into mustard either. This is on Pesach. but if you did, so interestingly, you have to eat it immediately, which is to say, you have to eat it before it becomes chametz. So that is sort of an in-between concession, right? Because if it was going to be usher completely, and you think that it's going to become chametz very quickly, we're not even going to let you eat it, right? Whereas if you think it's not going to become chametz and we're going to let you eat it whenever you want. Here, this is sort of like you're splitting the difference. You're saying, okay, you can eat it if you already added the flour, but eat it right away. However, to that, Rabbi Meir Oyser, Rabbi Meir is not even going to allow you to eat it. We're going to see that's, that's the same thing as saying Rabbi Meir is going to make you burn it right away, right? Because that's what happens when you have something that might become chametz at Pesach. You're going to want to right, destroy it immediately on Pesach. So that is the first part of the Mishnah. The second part of the Mishnah is totally unrelated. Uh, uh, the great Nafiomi master, Rabbi Rosner, uh, explains some shitos, but basically we're going to discuss the Korban Pesach now for the first time, really get into the Korban Pesach over here. You cannot cook the, the Korban Pesach. That comes from a very famous Pasuk. The Pasuk explicitly says in the Torah, And that's not the entire Pasuk, but that portion of the Pasuk is saying you should not eat it rare. Na is like, not raw, but rare. And you should not eat it cooked in water. That's Vashel Mevushal. We'll discuss why it has the double lashon of Vashel Mevushal. And it rather has to be roasted. So we're going to see. So obviously you have what? An Isser. When the Torah is telling you specifically that you can't roast the Korban Pesach, I mean, rather that you can't cook the Korban Pesach, so that's going to be an Isser. Eim Mevashan Pesach says the Mishnah, Lo Mashkin below Me Peros. So when you're talking about cooking, typically cooking, right, the difference between, uh, until I was in yeshiva, I didn't really know any of this because I hadn't spent much time in the kitchen, but, you know, roasting is straight up fire. Ba- this you probably know, Andrew. Baking is in an oven. Cooking is in a pot of water. Okay. So in a pot of water, love mashkin, but love me peros. So not in fruit juice or in other liquids, right? So you cannot cook. But if you, but you can baste the Korban Pesach with its own juices or dip it into it after you've roasted it. Rashi has a better explanation here of what it means because it's already like, if you're going to take this the halacha, you're going to have to be very careful. So what exactly does it mean? So first of all, Rashi quotes the Pasuk, as we said. Then, right, with regards to Matbilin and Sachin, so Sachin, he says, so it would be like, let's say you have the gyro, right? The, the shawarma rotating on the spit, being grilled straight on the fire. And even as you're doing so, you can sort of spritz it, right? Because that's still considered roasting. Right, that's not considered baking or, or, or cooking. That's roasting, but you are still, you can spritz it while it's doing that. Umatbilin is afterwards. In other words, once it's roasted, it's not that it has to be always only dry. Once it's roasted, you can put it in ketchup and all these other things and mustard and, or, or, or dip it into anything, these liquids. However, 
right? That's only once it's roasted, but in the cooking process, um, you could spritz it, but you cannot obviously cook it in its own, uh, in its own juices. We're going to talk about pot roast. When I learned this Gemara, uh, as I was preparing it, I realized what pot roast means. It means that you're roasting it in a pot, which you think would be obvious, but that wasn't obvious to me. I just thought it was called pot roast, like this pastrami and this pot roast. Roasting in a pot is roasting it so that the juices become self-contained and they become part of the cooking process. So is that roasted or is that, uh, is that roasted enough to be a Korban Pesach or does that have to be straight fire? We'll see. We'll see. Okay, and then, so you have that little interlude, and then finally the mission at the end returns to the topic of the chametz, when the water is used by the baker, which is the water, as Rashi explains, when the baker's, the matzah baker's hands get very warm, very hot, they don't want, he doesn't want his hands to be very hot, because maybe that will also stimulate the, the chimuts, and so in between rounds, he's kind of putting his hands in cold water in order to cool them off, and so of course there's residue of, of flour on his hands, and so those, those water will have to be discarded in between rounds of matzah baking. So the baker's water, have to be poured out, because they have mostly water, right up until they were talking about stuff that, uh, right, so that's mostly water, and it has a little bit of grain, and therefore you have to be careful, right? Yesterday we talked about when you have mostly grain, will there be a little bit of moisture? Now we have all liquid and a little bit of grain. Either way, you are going to be concerned about chametz, and therefore that's why you don't, um, we have to discard that water, get fresh water in between rounds. Very good. Very interesting how to have the Korban Pesach sort of stuck in the middle. I can't, um, I, I can't resist the story. In eighth grade, I stayed in La Rome, my favorite Yerushalayim hotel. Now it's the Inbal. I don't know, it's just my style. And uh, I was watching, so when I was in eighth grade, in those days, like today, all the, the whole world is on the same page as far as TV. But in those days, Israel would get the shows like 10, 15, 15 years after America. So I was watching Kojak, <laughs> no tell, and Telly Savala says to Hawkeye, Hawkeye, uh, what does that have to do with the price of rice in China? And the subtitles say, Hawkeye, ma'inyun shmita itzel harsinai. You know, every Israeli knows what that means, that Rashi. So, you know, over here, um, Rabbi Rosner stands on his head to try to explain my Indian Shemitah al Hasina between the portions of this Mishnah. But be that as it may, we will learn it each uh, individually. That in itself is, is an interesting topic. Okay. So, Zuck the Gemara, as they say. Let's get to the Gemara. Amar of Kahana. Machlokis the Tzokha Charedal. Abel Tzokha Charosis. Tiver call you Sarf Miyad. Aha. So, again, right, we have the beginning of our Mishnah says you can't put the flour into the Charosis or into the Charedal. Uh, but if you do, you can eat it. So what does that mean, you can eat it? So according to Rav Kahana, the Tanakama is only letting you eat the mustard. But when it comes to the charoses, he agrees with Rabbi Meir, who, the Tanakama agrees with Rabbi Meir, who says that it's usher entirely, right? So Rav Kahana is just pointing out that this whole thing, everything's going to be usher, both to eat it, of course, and to put the flour into it. The only shita, according to Rav Kahana, where you can, in fact, uh, eat it is going to be with the mustard. And only according to Tanakama. Okay, and then we have a brisa that says so explicitly. It says the Gemara, we have a brisa. Right, you sarf miyad. So this is spelling it out, right? Even if you put in the kemach into the charoses, you have to burn it immediately. As we said, that's the same thing as saying that it's aser. That's more chamer, obviously, than allowing you to eat it. Here you're making you burn it. So there it is. That the machlokas, as Rav Kahana said, he has the source in the brisa. The machlokas is only within charedal. The charoses, everybody has to eat, has to burn rather right away. Okay. So now, Amar Avun Bereid Rav Yudah Amar Nachman Rav Shmuel Halacha Kadivrei Chachamim. Okay, so the halacha is like the Chachamim. So the Chachamim again, they say that Charosas you have to burn, and according to Kahana, they say Charosas that you have to burn, and the mustard you can eat right away, but you have to eat it right away. In Amar Rav Nachman Bereid there he is. Rav Huna Bereid Rav Yehuda, as we arrive in the Mamah and then Aleph Amar Aleph, a Charosas Kamar Mar or a Chardal Kamar Mar. So he wanted to know. Rav Nachman was asking this this idea when we said that the halacha is like the Chachamim. Were they talking about the Charosas or were they talking about the Chardal? 
So Amar Leis, Rav Huna says back, Lamai Nafkamina. Now, what do you mean Lamai Nafkamina? We want to know what the Lacha is. So over here, the art scroll actually has uh, a, an explanation that is a little different than how we usually understand Lamai Nafkamina. Usually we say Lamai Nafkamina, we say, well, what's the difference? Well, there is a big difference, obviously, because then it depends who you hold like. Here it just means, why would you say that you would hold like Chachamim by Chavroses and not by Chardal? In other words, why would you, Paskin, if you, let's say, you hold like the Chachamim, why would there be a difference between whether you hold like them by Chardal or by Chavroses? Why would, what would motivate you to say, to split that Psach? In other words, if you hold like Chachamim by one, then you should hold like Chachamim by the other. And therefore, why, why would you even think that they, that you would split that Psach between Chavroses and Chardal? You just go with whoever you go uh, with. So, Lidra of Kahana, of Kahana, it says, well, that the difference is because Rav Kahana, I'm a Rav Kahana machlokas atoka chardo. Avatoka chavrosa tivir kol yisarif miyad. So in other words, the Rav Nachman is explaining that the reason you might split it is because Rav Kahana, in fact, does in essence split it, right? Because Rav Kahana thinks that chardo and chavrosa are two different things. Now with regards to chavrosa, chavrosa is more potent and you have to burn it right away. And everybody would agree, even the Chacham would agree to that. So Amar Leis, Rav Huna said back to Rav Nachman, lo shmiyali. I never heard this statement of Rav Kahana. Klomar lo shmiyali, which is to say, not only did I never hear it, but I don't buy it. I don't, I don't think that there's a difference between Chavroses and Chardal. I think that whatever you hold, like Chavroses, that's what you're going to hold by Chardal. Okay, so they're having a machlokas here uh, as to whether the Chachamim, when they say that you can eat it right away, right, whether the Chachamim um, are referring also to, also to Chavroses. It's possible that the Chachamim will, according, according to Ravuna, they don't agree with Rav Kahana that, that everyone thinks that Chavroses is nuclear and has to be burned right away. They think that maybe Chavroses, just like Chardal, says Ravuna, um, would be allowed to be eaten right away by the Chachamim. This is despite, uh, as you might uh, have noticed, this is despite the Brisa, the supporter of Kahana, very clearly, if in fact the Mishnah, the Mishnah is stronger than the Brisa, so if in fact the Mishnah is like Ravuna, the Charosis can be eaten right away, then we would disregard the Brisa. So that's why, even with the Brisa, we don't necessarily have to hold like Rav Kahana here. Okay. However, Amar Ravashi, Kavaseder of Kahana Mistabra. It makes sense. If Kahana not only has his Brisa, but he makes more sense. Why? Mita Amar Shmuel, Ein Halacha Kerebiyosi. What does this have to do? So we already, uh, we already heard of Rabbi Yossi recently. I'll jog you memory. Shmuel had said, and Shmuel was very authoritative, he said that the Lach is not like Rabbi Yossi. This was with regards to the vinegar. Now, vinegar is one of the components of charosis. It's not in mustard, okay? So now we're going to talk about vinegar being nuclear ingredient. So Rabbi Yossi holds that vinegar, you might recall, when the barley was getting almost swollen, this was yesterday, when the barley was getting almost swollen, uh, he said, put in the vinegar and it contracts the, it sort of like reverses, it's like a reversal agent for the chimut's process, okay? That's, that was Rav Yossi's shita. However, Shmuel said, you don't hold it like Rav Yossi. So if you don't hold it like Rav Yossi, so maybe you think that the vinegar, instead of being a reversal agent for chimutz, it's like a catalyst. It accelerates the chimutz. So as the Gemara explains, my love to Musa Hulotzamis, So by saying, by Shmuel saying that the lacha is not like Rav Yossi, what he's saying is, the vinegar doesn't contract the barley and right, retard the chimutz process. Rather, it accelerates and it's a catalyst for chimutz. If that's the case, so then it would make sense that Rav Kahana, right, it would make biological or right, physical sense for Rav Kahana to say that there's a difference between Chardal and Charosis, because after all, the Charosis of the Mishnah has vinegar in it. And if Charosis is such an ex- catalyst, accelerator of Chimutz, then it's nuclear and it needs to be burned right away. You can't even chance it. And even Chacham would agree that you can't eat it for a second. However, the Gemara rejects this proof. In other words, the Gemara is going to say, just because you don't hold like Rabbi Yossi, just, like, just because you think that it's not necessarily a reversal agent, doesn't mean that you think it's a catalyst. That's what the, Mishnah, the Gemara is going to say now. Says the Gemara, lo, dilma lo mitzamis, lo Maybe you could say that, okay, it's not a reversal agent for chimutz, but it's not a catalyst either. Maybe it's just like a neutral ingredient. And if it's a neutral ingredient, then there's no reason why it should be different than chardal. And therefore, that would be the reason why it's not necessarily um, physically logical to hold of Rav Kahana. So maybe there is a difference between charosis and chardal. Maybe there is not. Good. Nine lines down, two dots. Ain mevashlin. Let's talk about the Korban Pesach a little bit, shall we, Andrew? Okay. So, you know that you're not going to cook it, right? Taner 
let's see. We have a price that says Bamaim. Obviously, the Pasuk, as we quoted, says that you can't cook it in water. So that, right, the Pasuk actually says the word Maim. Like, like, so it's teaching you. So most of us, right, we're, in yeshi- we're yeshiva guys. We don't know that cooking is called what you do when you put something in water in a pot. But that's not what the Torah is necessarily only teaching you, because by singling out water, what are they saying? That you could cook it in other, in other liquids? Just, let's see. From the Pasuk, you would only know that you can't cook it in water. How do you know that you can't cook it in other liquids? Uh-huh. You can make a kavachomer. Uh-huh. So according to this first explanation of why you cannot cook the Korban Pesach, the reason is because you need to have the Korban Pesach, the taste of it, be very profound. And you don't want it to have... Right, you don't want it to. You don't want to lose any of the of the taste. Uh huh. So now, right, everybody knows what's more delicious: roasted chicken or boiled chicken. So the boiled chicken, a lot of people like, but it's a different taste than roasted chicken. Right. So similarly with the korban pesach, you want that intense deliciousness. You don't want the taste to go away. So you have a kalachomer. Water, it's not mafigan timing. It doesn't uh, bring flavor to the to the meat, and it doesn't really color the meat at all. But still, it's usher. Sharm ashkim shmafigan timing, low culture cane. So maybe I confused the issue by comparing the roasting to the cooking, because in the cooking, even though it's a slightly different consistency and, it's a, and, it, and it tastes a little bit different, the water really isn't contributing anything to the taste. And so with respect to the Korban Pesach, so maybe perhaps that is why you can't use water, because it's changing the consistency and it's not the same, but at least the water isn't altering the taste at all, right? It's just kind of altering the consistency. But that's just with water. And so again, it's an issue of retaining the taste of the carbon Pesach. You have to taste it unadulterated. Um, this is true, as Rabbi Rosner points out, by matzah as well. The people won't even eat matzah with salt. They want only the taste of the matzah, right, when you're doing the mitzvah of matzah. Similarly, mitzvah of carbon Pesach has to be just that meat. Okay, so water compromises it, but only a little bit. It doesn't really impart any other flavor to it. And yet it's usher. So kalvachomer, other liquids that are going to impart taste into the carbon Pesach, they're going to obscure the taste of the carbon even more. So look, also cane. So there, so certainly other kinds of juices and liquids would certainly be also because all you're doing is you're going further away from the classic taste of the carbon Pesach, and that's how you know that other liquids are also as well. This kalvachomer. Okay. Another possible source is Rabbi Omer. So they're abundant saying this, Rabbi Omer Bamaim, same Pasuk, says water, in the Elamaim, Sharmashkiminain, Talmud Lomar, Uvashel Mivushal. So we said before, Vashel Mivushal, right? The Pasuk again said, I'll talk to you not Uvashel Mivushal Bamaim. So why does it say Vashel Mivushal? So why does it have to say cooked, cooked, like in, in, in two different ways? We'll get to it. But the point is, Mikal Makom. In other words, when it says Bashel Mivushal, the reason for the extra letters and words is to teach you that not only water, but all other things. So basically, a simple way of saying this is the Tanner, the Rabbanon are saying that it's because of Kavachomer, because of taste. Whereas Rebbe is saying that it's like a Zerosakasav, that you can't use other liquids. So what would be the difference? So now we're going to get a real Nafkamina here. My Binai, what's the difference between them? So here's a, here's a clear Nafkamina. There it is, pot roast. That would be the machlokas, because after all, as we've discussed, why would you do pot roast? Because the flavor intensifies as the juices ooze out of your of your tzli, right, and get roasted back into it. You're just intensifying the flavor. So according to, to the Rabbanon, who think that, right, that the whole problem of, of um, cooking it in liquids is that the taste is going to be affected, well, pot roast, all it does is intensify the taste. It should be even better than roasting it. And according to Rebbe, however, the juices of the meat itself are, in fact, also liquids, and there's a gzeris against liquids, and so you have this real big nafkamina, right? According to the first shita, pot roast is the best. According to the second shita, pot roast is just as bad as anything else, and it's also midor raisa. Uh-huh. So, so, so that would be the machalk as well. Now, the Rabbanon, at the Gemara, hai b'shal m'vushal ma'i abdilhu. Okay, so they have this kavachomer. So what are they learning from the Pasuk of b'shal m'vushal? So it says, mi'bari le'chidetanya, they need it for the b'ayi. So the b'ayi says, b'shal b'achakach tzlo, o'shetzlo b'achakach b'shal chayev. That 
The question is, what would be the case? And it says, Bashel, 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 what is the case of Bashel, Bashel? It's saying that it doesn't matter whether you cooked it after you did the tzli or before you did the tzli, you can be chayev, what? Rashi, malkus, alachilasa. You can be chayev, malkus, right, because it's a love in the Torah, al tochlu menu, and we know it's a love with an assay, and so therefore, lav sheyesh b'maisa over here, you're going to, you're going to get your lashes over here. So, malkus, you're going to get whether you cooked it before you uh, roasted or roasted before you cooked it, you're going to be chayiv, and that's what you learn from the pasuk. So it says the gemara bishlem bishlem So wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's just let's just focus on what we just said. I can understand if I cooked it and then I roasted it chayiv. Of course you're going to be chayiv because you got this raw piece of meat and you cooked it first. That's explicitly what the pasuk says. You cannot do the habashlei, right? You cooked it. Am I? Right? In other words, if you first roasted it and then you cooked it, so then you roasted it. What do you care? What do you do after you've already roasted it? Right? You, after that, you can eat it. You, could, you should be able to do anything. So at this point, the Gemara is assuming that whatever you do to take it from a raw state, as long as you roast it first, then what's the difference if you, if you cook it later? So the Gemara brings two very interesting answers. First is Rav Kahana again. Rav Kahana, Hamani Rav Wow, so here we're, talk, we're going back to Rav in a different context. What did Rav Yossi say? Tanya, Okay, the Bryce says like this, that Rocky Kashorui is what? A matzah wafer that is soaked in water. You can be yotze matzah, like on, at the Pesach Seder, the chiv of matzah with matzah shruya. You know what matzah shruya is? Gibrachs. It's, so, it's matzah that's then soaked. So Rabbi Yossi obviously did not have the issue of gibrachs. He said, you yotze with matzah shruya, okay? That's what we call it in Yiddish. And not only can you be yotze in the Seder for a matzah shruya, but even, even cooked matzah, even cooked matzah as long, shalonimuch, as long as the matzah didn't become dissolved entirely. So you can make like a matzah lasagna or whatever it is that you're making, and that could be, you could be yaitse, the mitzvah of matzah, at the Seder with this. Wow. They were mayor. Okay. That's a brisa, according to mayor. Rabbi Yossi, however, I'm here in that brisa, Rabbi Yossi held, yaitse baraki kashari. Yes, you can be yaitse with matzah shuri, of course. Nobody holds it, you can't. Avalo bin bushal. But you can't be, but cooked is, is a bridge too far to cross. He disagrees with the mayor on that point. In other words, Mavushal, he doesn't hold of Rabbi Yossi, but he does hold of Matashriya. What do you learn? Aha. You learn here that Rabbi Yossi holds, this is a very interesting point of Rabbi Kahana, that once the matzah was baked, the matzah, right, so, so again, once the matzah was baked, both Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi are going to hold that if you soak it, it's still considered matzah. Right? It's wet, but it's still matzah, and it was baked, and the soaking process doesn't do anything to it. It doesn't make it chametz, it doesn't make it cooked, it doesn't make it anything. It's still matzah. It just makes it softer, exactly. However, once it's cooked, ooh, so why would Rabbi Yossi think that cooking is different than soaking? Because once it's cooked, says the, the, this is the implication of Rav Kahana, once it's cooked, it loses its status of something that had been baked. In other words, you take matzah, and then you cook it. So according to Rabbi Yossi, right, you've now changed it from a baked item to a cooked item, which is to say you can change the state of an item by subsequent cooking or baking. Whatever you did last is going to define what that item is. So no, now it's no longer baked. Once it's no longer baked, it's no longer matzah, right? And then you can't use it for matzah mitzvah. So what Rabbi Kahana is saying is that this will be similar to the korban. The, the question we had was if the korban, right, is roasted and then cooked, why would that be a problem? Well, if you hold like Rabbi Yossi with regards to cooked matzah, then perhaps you would hold the same with regards to cooked korban pesach. That just like matzah, once it's baked, if it's cooked, it loses its status as a baked item. Similarly, the korban pesach, once it's cooked, it loses its status as a roasted item. And therefore, you'd be chayiv though, right? Five malchus, even for cooking after you've already fully roasted it. Amazing. Okay. Incidentally, with regards to this kabrach, which is not getting a good rap over here, um, there are people who, as you know, the, this became like uh, politi- politics too. It's like it's kind of cut down Hasidic versus mixed nugget lines, where the Hasidim are the ones that don't kabrach. Um, 
So famously, we know that when it comes to chametz, the Kali Israel is famously uh, machmir. In other words, generally speaking, if you're machmir to the point where it doesn't make any sense, then we're going to call you like a fool. And that's a minhag that Kali Israel have is not to be fools. However, when it comes to chametz, if you look at the Zohar and you look at you know other sources, people are very, very, very extra careful. So some say, well, the reason why the Hasidim uh, were so concerned about matzah Sharia had more to do with the fact of the kind of sugis we were discussing yesterday, where they have thicker matzahs and there was still some flour in there that was unaccounted for, and, and therefore they were concerned to become machmets. This was really a practical concern. And, and therefore, for our matzahs, perhaps there wouldn't be such a concern because there's so much thinner, etc. However, some would say, no, it's not really more practical. It's more like a spiritual concern that we have this issue, that when it comes to chametz, we're extra, extra, extra careful. So whereas normally if somebody boiled the doorknobs in preparation for Pesach, because there may be chametz on them, we would call that person uh, OCD. We would have diagnoses for that, okay? <laughs> uh, my, my, my brother-in-law replaced, he lives in Brooklyn, he's very, very machmer. He, he replaced his, um, he decided whatever, a company was coming for Pesach, and his toilet seat wasn't such good shape, so he took his toilet seat out to the, you know, to, to the trash outside, like, a few days before Pesach, and his neighbor saw him, he's like, wow, that I hadn't thought of. <laughs> but the point is, when it comes to preparation for Pesach, we're not going to make fun of anybody for whatever they do because we know that this is coming from a place of, of spiritual, good, a good place of wanting to really, and, and we're always going to encourage the Machmir and the Baal Nefesh to be Machmir with Chamit. So we don't make fun of people for, for doing a brach. In, in, in Israel, the Sephardim, they, they eat kidneys, you know. So they, it's, it's hard. They, they hide it in all the products. They have to be very, very, very careful in Israel. Ashkenazim have to be careful. Let's say, Kashal Pesach, and in fine print, Lochle Kitnis Bilvad. Anyways, not a different kind of Chamers with regards to Chamit. So the brach is one of them. The Gemara, Meikar Din, clearly holds over here that Matashir is okay. okay. Now, Ula Amar, Afilo Tamer Rabbi Meir, that even if you hold like Rabbi Meir, that, that boiling, as we just said, right, doesn't, that even cooking isn't going to, what, what I, when I keep saying cooking, I'm referring to boiling, that even boiling it doesn't change the status of the matzah. Shani Yachad, Dabakar, Uvashal, Mevushal, Mikol Mokom. So again, you have the Pasuk, it says Vashal, Mevushal, so it's, it's even if it was already roasted, Vashal, Mevushal can teach you that cooking after roasting is going to be a problem. So, right, they, they both hold the, the matzah Sharia is okay, but the Basham of Ushal is going to be a problem, cooked as a problem. 19 lines up in the bottom as follows. Tanar Another brisa about the carbon Pesach. Tanar Rabbanan. Yochot slow called Tzorko. Aha. So, what's slow called Tzorko? Rashi brings two Pshat. He brings one Pshat and he says it's really not a Pshat. I don't even think that this is a tenable Pshat. The Pshat that Rashi uh, proposes is burnt it. You burnt it. Okay. The problem is you roasted the carbon Pesach to the point where you burnt it. So, Yochot Yehei Chayev. You're going to be Chayev for burning it. Why? Because Tom, you would think that if you burnt it completely, that you ruined it, right? So, so this is not as this is not as obvious. You have to look at the mashah to see why that would be an iser. Because after all, it says that you should roast it. But be that as it may, you're not supposed to roast it to the point of it's charcoal, right? You're supposed to roast it like so it's edible and delicious. So anyway, you might have thought that that would be a problem. That in fact. In other words, the question is, why would you even have the hava amina that roasting it could ever be a problem uh, till, till you burn it? So maybe it's because you have to roast it to the point where it's edible. But, but, but the Pasuk is teaching you that you can't eat it rare, and you can't eat it cooked in water, and that's the only time where you're going to get the malchus. But if you actually roasted it only, and to the point where it's burnt, you're not going to get the malchus. Right? So now, now Ravashi is going to say exactly Ravashi's shot. Hey, Chidami, what's the case where it's completely um, where you charred it, right? When you charbroiled it, um, at that point, that would be okay. And so you're never going to get malchus for just roasting it, even if you didn't modulate it as well as you should have, because the Pasuk is explicitly telling you that just to eat it rare or cooked is the problem. But, to, but once you're roasting it, we're not going to hold you accountable. Just try to make it edible, because obviously you wanna, you're going to want to eat it. Okay. Now let's talk about raw carbon pesach. Can you eat it raw? My father-in-law, when he was in law school in Boston, he famously, he was not one to know his way around the kitchen. So he had meats and he would bring and. And if you didn't have anybody to cook it, you would just eat it as it was. So, Tanar Rabbanu. Yachal achal kazai You might have thought that you can eat, what, the carbon Pesach raw. 
uh, rather, sorry, you hate You might have thought that if you eat it raw, you would be chayiv, right? Because it says that you have to roast it. So if you, so again, you have to roast it. You can't cook it. Well, what about just eating it raw? Is that okay? So, well, you didn't roast it. So maybe you'd be chayiv. Talmud Lomar. Uh-huh. So this is, this is the Bryce is explaining that you're not going to get malchus for eating it raw because you're only really going to get malchus for eating it rare or for eating it cooked. But eating it raw, it doesn't mention it in the Pasuk. So the Pasuk is, is not spelling it out, so therefore more, maybe you wouldn't have a problem. Yochli hei mutter. So maybe you say, okay, so that's okay. You can eat it completely. No. It's not mutter because obviously it's telling you that it needs to be roasted. So, you, so because it needs to be roasted, certainly you can't eat it raw. But on the other hand, you're not going to get malchus for it if you eat it raw, but you're just not going to be yose. Okay. So it's not mutter to eat it raw. But it's not really malchus until you eat it rare or you cook it. Okay, so hechi dami na, at this point, finally, having, after having quoted the Pasuk enough times, we're going to ask you, what does na mean? What's rare? So amarav ked amit parsai abarnim. You understand, Andrew? It's, it's, it's like abarnim of the Persians. In other words, rare. Okay. Let's talk about more, more Korm Pesach stuff. Amarav chista, hamavashal b'chamit veri b'shabbos pater. So we know that cooked, cooked Korm Pesach is not good. If you cook the Korm Pesach, you can be chayv malchus. But let's take us back to Shabbos, Masechus Shabbos. What was this? Uh, something. Uh, you have to ask Jason. He, he knows Shabbos by heart these days. But the Chamei Tveria, remember we talked about Chamei Tveria, you're not going to be Chayiv uh, for cooking with them on Shabbos. The Chamei Tveria were thought to be heated by the sun, not heated by fire. Uh-huh. So if they're heated by the sun, so it's not really cooking. So you could cook something in Chamei Tveria, perhaps. So that's why you're putter, according to Chista, to cook in those hot springs of Tveria. However, Pesach should be Bishel Chamei Tveria Chayiv. So in other words, with respect to the Shabbos, we're not going to say that it's Bishel. But physically, it is bishul, and therefore you certainly can't do it for korban pesach. Incidentally, chamit tveria here—it's not going to be literal because it's also to eat korban pesach outside of your shalim. So you're not really cooking it for chamit tveria. It's talking theoretically. If you had, if you cooked it in a manner that wasn't considered cooking, are you going to get malchus? That's really the question. Mar spells it out a little bit more. Maishna b'shabes to low. The totus eshba inun v'leka. So on Shabbos, the reason why you're not going to be chayiv for cooking is because you need it to be a derivative of fire as opposed to sun, and, and you don't have that, and therefore you're not chayiv in actual cooking. So Pesach Nami, this should also be true of the Korban Pesach, Lav told us Eshu, and therefore you shouldn't be chayiv for the, right, you shouldn't get Malchus for this kind of cooking if you're cooking in Chamei because it's a problem. Okay, it's not a derivative of fire, and therefore you shouldn't get Malchus. So I'm a rabba, my chayiv, diktani, avar mishum tzli eish. So he says, what does it mean, chayiv? He says, because you did not do tzli eish. In other words, it's true that you didn't do, right, the, the, right, it's true that, um, that you're not, you're not gonna be chayiv for actual cooking, but you also certainly didn't roast it. Uh huh. So, so the problem there is that you didn't, it'll be like similar to eating it raw, right? You didn't roast it, but you also didn't do what you're supposed to do. So let's see. He, Ravchia, had an explicit fleshed out interpretation like this. Uh huh. So this is really your over a assay. Right, you, you, you don't have, you violated this idea that the Korban Pesach is supposed to be roasted. So certainly, you didn't cook it for, with respect to Hilcha Shabbos, and so maybe it's not going to be called Bishlo, which is the Isser Doraisa of the Pesach, but it's also not Tzli, and therefore that's a problem. Okay. So we're going to see how many makas are you going to get for these kinds of situations. The Gemara continues to say, Amarava, Achlo Na, as we turn to Mem Aleph on the days, at the almost symbolic time of 6.14 a.m. So he says, Loke Stein. So you have two makas. Why? Again, you ate it rare. So what's the issue? Well, you're going to get one. Let's see the first Rashi Mimam Alpham Beis. Mishum Lotachalna, right? The Pasuk says explicitly you can't eat it rare. Mishum Lotachal Kim Sliesh. It has to be roasted, right? The Kim Sliesh Nami Alav Lotachal Kai. Aha. So you have two, right? Again, the Pasuk said, right? Altochal Menum Na Uvashal Mavushal Bamaim Kim Sliesh. So Kim Sliesh, if you don't do it, you're going to get Malchus for that, and you're going to get Malchus for eating it rare, which you're not supposed to do. 
two sets of malchus, okay? No umevushal. But if you had part of the um, part of the korban pesach you ate rare, part of the korban pesach you ate cooked, so now you violated everything, right? You didn't have it roasted. You had it rare and you had it cooked. Lokesh alosh. You're gonna get three sets of malchus for because you managed to violate all three things mentioned in the pasuk. Abaya, however, Amar, ain't lokin al lav shebechlalos. He can't sit in Rosh Hashir for any amount of time for, for, for too long without getting on lav shebechlalos. He has a whole has articles written all over about this. Lav shebechlalos means a general, generalized love. There's a concept that you don't get malchus for a lav shebechlalos, which is like it's a general prohibition. So the general prohibition here is you can't, you, is that you shouldn't eat it if it's not roasted. Well, that's very general. It's not getting specific. Like you shouldn't eat it cooked, you shouldn't eat it baked, right? So, when you have these kinds of general lavin, then you're supposed to what? Not get malchus for that. You only get malchus when it's very specific. Because the Gemara will say, it has to be lava dumi the chasima. When it says chasdumi the chasima, means that the chasima of the shore, the muzzle of the shore. So just like that lava you get malchus for, that's the source of malchus for lava change for maisa. And in that particular case, it's very specific, right? So therefore, we expound from that that the lava, in order to get malchus, has to be very specific. So here, the lava, you can't eat it if it's, unless it's roasted. It's not very specific because it doesn't spell out all the other ways. Of course, to say that you can't bake it and you can't eat it rare or you can't cook it. So that, of course, is specific. So that you would get malchus for. But Abaye is going to say you're not going to get malchus for that general thing of not eating it roasted. So the Gemara has two interpretations of what Abaye meant now by bringing in this optional clause issue. So I'm going to say that he's not going to get two sets of malchus for each one of these things, of na and mevushal. But at least he'll get one malchus, as Rashi explains, at least he'll get one set of malchus for na and one set of malchus for mevushal. Some say that even if you do it, right, um, even if you do all of these things, because of the fact that you that it says sli eish, right, that puts all of these in the category of lavshe b'chalos. And then therefore you're not even going to get any, what? You're not going to get any malchus for any of these. Because it's a non-specific it's a non-specific um, lav kelav de chasima. There it is. That's what it means kelav de chasima. Because the lav, even though the pasuk also goes out of its way to spell out cooked and baked, the, if you don't if you don't um, roast it, you simply don't get malchus because that prohibition of not roasting it is not similar to lav de chasima. Okay. Now we're gonna have a similar a similar machlokes, almost exactly the same machlokes in a different context, like this. Rabbi Amar, uh, right? So that was a baye. Here's Rabbi. This is achal zab. This is referring to a nazir. The nazir has a pasuk. The says, We know famously another can't drink wine, but you also can't eat anything that's made from the grapevine. Not, not the skin, not the seeds, not the peel. He's not supposed to eat any of that stuff. Okay? So says, the Rabbi says, Let's say he ate the skin. He's going to get two sets of malchus. If he eats the seeds, again, two sets of malchus. Right? Because again, it says, Which is general. Anything, right? The Pasuk says, Anything that comes from the gefen, that's general. And then it has these two examples, seeds and, and skins. So, there again, you have a machlokis. Let's say you ate the seed and the skin. So are you going to get two, or are you going to get three? You right? Why would you get three? Because zag v'chartan, you get one for the seed, one for the skin, and one for the general idea of eating from the geffen. So again, chartan lokish time, zag v'chartan lokish shalosh. Abaye amar ain't lokin alav shabachlalos. Similarly over there, Abaye had the same idea, even there that it's a lav shabachlalos, right? To say that you can't eat anything that comes from the geffen is a lav shabachlalos. You shouldn't get malchus for it. And for there too, we have the same two interpretations. Some say, well, lachshav means okay, so you're not going to get the general malchus for not eating anything from the grape derivative, but you're going to get the individual malchus for those specific things that are spelled out, namely the seeds and the skins. Or another say, no, the fact that it says you can't eat anything in general from the grape makes it a lachshav And once it's a lachshav then presumably it looks like even if you spell out the other things, it just knocks it out. It's no longer similar to the lav of chasimah sashor, the muzzling over there, and therefore, since it's a non-specific love, even though there are specifics that are afterwards subsequently mentioned in the pasuk, the fact that it's presented to us in the Torah as a non-specific love to begin with, just like the tzli of the korban pesach, so to the geffen of the nazir, those are prohibitions for which, according to the second opinion of Abaye, you cannot get malchus for because it's a non-specific love. Okay, let's get back to the korban pesach. I know you love it. Maybe we should eat the korban pesach together. Are you going to be my chabura? 
You have to eat it with Habura. Let's do it. So let's go. So Tanur Bonan, Achal Kazais na mi be'od yom. Okay? So let's say you ate partially, right? The, the rare, as we know, in the Pasuk says explicitly, you're not allowed to do this. Okay? But you didn't need to do it. After, you're supposed to eat the Korban Pesach after, right? After nightfall. So here, you pachkied with it, you ate it rare, but you wasn't that yet the Zman of the Korban Pesach. So Pater. You're going to be Pater because you ate it. The first Shita is that you ate it. Uh, but anything that you did before the Zman of the Korban Pesach is going to be insignificant because I was just, just pachkieding around. Okay? Because I have no of course, if once, once it's nightfall and you eat kazai snow, you're going to be chayev, of course, because you're supposed to eat it not no, You're supposed to eat it totally roasted. So there it is. You're not supposed to be antisocial with the carbon pesach. You're supposed to eat it with your crew. So if you had it with your crew, kazai sali, so fine. You ate it properly roasted, but you didn't eat it with your b'nei chabur. Now you're disqualified. Once you start without b'nei chabur, you can't join them. So if you did it on Erev Pesach, so we say, Andrew, where were you? Get over here. And with the Zman of Pesach, anything you did beforehand was insignificant. And therefore it's okay. Once sun fell down, if you ate it sleep, right, as you're supposed to, roasted, but not with your group, Pasal Asma B'necha Bura, you ate it, you started off in the wrong place, and, it, and you cannot, um, you cannot do that. Okay. And 14 lines down. So maybe you'd be chayiv for eating the, the raw kazais mibodjom. The first person said it was a halachically insignificant act. But maybe you should be chayiv. Why? Maybe you can learn that from Kav Chomer. Right? In other words, shash yeshno kum echol tzali means it's an hour that is appropriate for eat the roast, which is to say it's the hour of Karm Pesach. So just like when you are bechuyif to eat the Karm Pesach, you have this violation, and we're going to say that it's usher to eat it rare. Right? This is not such an obvious kavachomer. But the, but the Rashi kind of spells it out. He says, Rashi says, basically you're not supposed to eat the Karm Pesach then. So if you're not supposed to, if, if you're not supposed to eat it rare when you are allowed to eat the Karm Pesach, then certainly when you're not allowed to eat the Karm Pesach, then you shouldn't be allowed to eat it rare or, or, or roasted. And rare would be even worse. Uh-huh. So it's not an obvious Kav Chomer. And we also say Enon Shimon and Din, but this is probably just an explanation, as Rabbi Rodin explains, of the original Din. Okay. So this says, oh no, maybe you're going to say, right, you might, the other way also makes sense, that in the time when you're not supposed to eat the Korm Pesach, so then, so then maybe then, so then you, maybe then you can't eat it uh, rare. But when you're supposed to, Eat the Korban Pesach, then you're not going to have that issue. Al-Titma, and don't wonder how, so this is a real strange Havamina. The Havamina here is that for sure you need to eat the Korban Pesach roasted at night, but maybe the love of eating it rare is tied to the love of eating it all together during the day. So maybe, in other words, you, so what? So maybe you could eat it rare after? That's crazy. Well, but so don't think it's crazy. Right? Because with regarding to eating it roasted, it's, it, at nightfall, we're allowed to eat the Korban Pesach. So maybe once we're allowed to eat the Korban Pesach, we're allowed to eat it rare. That's a very unusual Havamina because, after all, the Pasuk says explicitly otherwise. Anyways, Talmud Lomar, the Torah, therefore, states this is all Havamina because ultimately the Torah says, Don't eat the Korban Pesach rare, don't eat it cooked, rather eat it roasted. That whenever you're supposed to eat the Korban Pesach, you also have the Isra of eating it rare, of course. And at the time when you don't have to eat the Korban Pesach, obviously you're not going to have that violation. And so where we come up with is 14 lines up from the bottom of Memala from Beis, discussing this idea of basically the Korban Pesach has to be eaten after nightfall, and it is then after nightfall that you have all these potential violations. You're not allowed to eat the Korban Pesach before that, but all these things of Nam Vushal, it's the mainstream would be that those violations only start at the night when you are supposed to eat the Korban Pesach.